You're listening to the Short Shift Podcast, proud member of the Black and Gold Podcast Network. You can support the show by leaving a comment and five-star rating on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Cynically acclaimed, incredibly online. And now your hosts, Thomas Nystrom, Andrew Johnson, and Ian Bonner. Enjoy the show. Hi, folks. A little holiday episode. This is episode 50 of the Short Shift Podcast. A little bit of a milestone halfway to uh, the century mark. I can't believe that I'm still talking to Andrew on a regular basis <laughs> about hockey. Why would you do that by choice? <laughs> brutal. <laughs> no, nah, but this is honestly, you want to talk about brutal. This has been a brutal week. I've actually kind of taken advantage of it and kind of stepped away from Twitter a little bit. Uh, holidays are ramping up and Hockey is ramping down right now. Like not having Bruins hockey for this past week has been pretty shitty. But there is uh there's still plenty to talk about. Uh not a lot of it very positive. Uh Senishin asking for a trade. There's pluses and minuses that we'll get into there. Uh Zabor out for a season fucking blows. A lot a lot of things to cover. But boys, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing great. You want some positive? The Buffalo Sabres have 52 <laughs> games to get five more wins. They're at 10 wins, 30 games. And one out of every three games they've won. They won in a shootout the other night. Those are the wins that you need, Andrew. They can't be winning shootouts. Those are the fucking 50-50s that you need to flip your way. Five, five wins in 52 games. That's what they need. Five. You listening, Angelo? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he better be <laughs> crow memes incoming right now oh, his crow logo is so good by the <laughs> so way with the beer oh, so uh, what a fucking it reminds me artist of the, old, uh, oh, the old adult swim cartoon drinky crow yeah it's, you all gotta start brainstorming of what you're gonna what you're gonna do well i know i'm gonna get a lot of free drinks i know that much that's that was already well established that Thomas and I are getting some free fucking drinks. You all are getting free fucking drinks, but there's something else. There's you got to There's something else for being so brazenly, confidently wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I respect it. But we're not going to get into that until you're fully wrong. I just wanted to point out that you might be wrong 40 games into the season, which is, <laughs> you know, that's wrong, wrong. That's yeah, like I was, talking to, I was actually talking to Angelo a couple days ago, and I just told him if I can only make it to January, yeah. like I'll, I'll, I'll consider that a small dub for my. For well, my you'll time. make it to January because yeah. we're fucking shut down, baby. Yeah. yeah, that's one good thing about no, no, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't say that that's a good. I thing. will actually say without shame that the shutdown is a little helpful to me for the holiday season. Yeah. Because I don't have a ton of family stuff going on, but this is my girlfriend's first Christmas, right? Oh. She had, I, I think I've mentioned this before, she she grew up in a very uh, religious, um, I don't want to say cult, but cult. <laughs> and so <laughs> she has since escaped since the such cult, uh, but they didn't celebrate Christmas. And she's never had a legitimate one. She's had little passing ones, but we have the tree. There are presents under the tree. She gets to wake up Christmas morning and open presents under a tree. I actually wrap them. Usually I'm a bad guy because I can't wrap for shit, but it's part of the feeling of Christmas is unwrapping a gift. Man, anything I, I get from Amazon, I, I pony up the extra five bucks to have them wrap it for me. Fuck that. No, I went to Bed Bath & Beyond. I, I had to, which they do it too, actually. I should have fucking... Actually, yeah, I should have fucking had them wrap it. <laughs> so harder, the counts, not harder, right? buddy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I, I kind of agree with you in terms of this this uh, little shutdown kind of being helpful. Like, I still have so much shit to wrap. I, I have to build a power wheel in the next 24 hours. Right, you have a daughter. Need. Like, that's a whole other level yeah. of Christmas. Yeah. That's Andrew, cool. what about you? What, what's Do you want to talk about your Christmas or... Uh, all of my presents are <clears throat> wrapped. Um, I just have one thing coming from Germany that's going to come after Christmas. So I'm a little bummed about that, but I've already, my presents have already been wrapped and they're hiding Christmas Eve. I'm going to pull them out and put them under the tree. 
You're that asshole that like prepares early, aren't you? Yes. I, Fuck you. I, no, you could have just ended that sentence that asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> God, I just, I, I'm the one who always the week of Christmas is like, uh, I gotta go get a gift now. <laughs> I'm the one that everyone marks their prices up for because they know as I walk in like this asshole, I know what your story is. So let's, uh, let's start with the most recent news. Zach Sanderson asked for a trade. 24 years old. He's doing okay in the AHL. He's not like a top guy in the AHL by any means, but um, there's been a kind of a mixture for his career of kind of bad injury luck and kind of quiet periods offensively. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't blame him. For, uh, Andrew, do you have the quote in front of you? So his quote um, said to Mark Diver, great follow on Twitter, by the way. Is it Diver? Not Diver. It's saying Diver for it's fucking Mark, weeks. God damn it, me. <laughs> all right. So the quote that Seneshin formally asked for a trade, with all the backlash with the media, considering where I was drafted and everything going on there, it's been a lot emotionally. No shit. I'm not being used at all. I feel as though it's better for them to get some return and for me to get a fresh start. I kind of don't disagree with anything he said there, to be honest. Like, I don't think he said anything egregious. He's, he's correct. I mean, in, in just acknowledging that there is pressure because of where he was drafted, that has nothing to do. Like, it's not his fault he was drafted in the first round. And Andrew, I know you've made comments about uh, he's a first-round talent, just hasn't put it together. I don't know if he necessarily was a first-round talent. I think it might have been a little bit more of a stretch, maybe mid, so. mid-tier second-round type guy. Probably was a more reasonable spot for him. Let and we me, wouldn't be me. talking about him in this light, but I don't know. Give me, Go ahead and give me your, your opinion on that. Well, let me clarify what I mean when I say that he's a first-round talent. He has first-round tools. I think that is different than being a first-round talent. Okay. First-round tools means he's, he's – I would put him up against almost any skater in the in, in in any league. He's one of the fastest dudes I've ever seen skate in a straight line. He is a burner, and he's got a great shot. The toolbox just isn't there for the NHL, man. Like, I've wanted to give him a chance for so long because he's got enough that's tantalizing. But something isn't catching up. Whether the hands can't catch up with the speed or the brain can't catch up with the hands, I don't know what it is. But I think this bodes a very important question here. I don't think Seneshin has done himself any favors in terms of what he's doing in the AHL and what he's doing in the NHL. He's still correct in his assessment of where the organization views him. I think, I think he's spot on. But I think this points to something else. Do you guys think with the DeBrusque um, trade request as well, is there something fundamentally disconnected with the development of the, the development system of the Boston Bruins? Because I think it's been there's been too many coincidences here to ignore. I hate to do this, but I will bleed back into it. Let me make a statement about the Senation thing first okay. before I talk about the organization and the growth. Okay. I never in an NHL game, and he has played NHL games the past three seasons, just a couple a few years ago, and then he had four, and I think he had eight. Mm-hmm. I have never watched him be an NHL player. Now, yes, does he have speed? Absolutely. He always looked for the fast break. I never saw him play fundamental, good, structural hockey. People mm-hmm. are talking about, I always liked him. That's great. You like the flashes he shows when he goes up ice. I never saw him be part of the team. Not a lot of games. There's your excuse. I never saw him structurally part of what they're trying to do. And I never saw him mentally keep up with his teammates ever. So when you want to talk about whether or not he was given a chance, you can argue he didn't get enough games. You can argue something's wrong with the the growth development of the team. That's fine. He never displayed anything in a game where I went, wow, we need to give him 15 games minimum, see what he has. To me, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. do I think he's never going to be an NHL player? He's 24. No, I think he's still got room to grow. Like you said, he has some tools. He's never a top six guy. Was he drafted in the first round unfairly? Absolutely. That was a terrible pick. Everyone thought it was a terrible pick in the moment. He was the only one, people forget, Zaboro and DeBrusque were both expect to go middle first round 
Seneshim was the outlier. He was the one that everyone went, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I like watching him play because I get excited about the flashes of speed. He didn't do anything that made me say, this guy is going to be a top six guy, a guy that we have to keep around. Mm-hmm. To your point, Andrew, is there something wrong with the way this team develops its, its guys? I think the answer is an unsatisfactory yes and no, because no, in the sense that we are in win now, we can't bring up guys that still have a ton of growth to, to go and just try to give them reps. We are absolutely a win now team. We've been a win now team for a decade, even in the years we missed the playoffs. That's absolutely insane when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah. Even the years we missed the playoffs, we were pushing and thought we could really go on a run and then it had some bad luck, but about a whatever. Yes, in the sense that, well, look at Tampa. And I hate doing the whole Boston-Tampa thing. But their young guys come in and are effective, like, right away. They've had a lot of success with just plugging guys in. We have not had that. What do you think that is? Do you think that is some of these guys being asked to do roles that they're not comfortable with, like square peg round hole. You are expected to be a 200 foot guy when you come into the Bruins. And I think that is, I think in a way that's reasonable in another way, it makes it so some of these more offensively gifted guys who have like, you know, speed to burn and stuff like that. Maybe that's not the role they're built for. I believe this team is rigid in its expectations. I think I agree with you there that that is probably the biggest thing that that prevents that prevents guys from freely expressing their talents and working on what they're good on. Thomas, you look like you have something to say. I mean, I, there's can definitely be an argument at this point uh, that there's some sort of disconnect in our development in terms of actually building that player into something that the Bruins systematically can use. Uh, we've seen this a number of times. You know what? Anytime I think of uh, Seneshin, the first person that comes to my mind, uh, anybody who's followed Providence for over the last like five, six years is uh, Peter Solarik. Very similar situation where it's just, like so much talent. If I'm not mistaken, in his first AHL season, he had like 20 or 25 goals. Yeah, 20 and then goals. He just, yep. Yeah, so, and then he, in and 45 then he just, games. Yeah, in and then he fell games. off. And then yep. he fell off. Uh, in, in kind of a very similar exit where he was just like, I don't want to be here doing this anymore with this organization. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, Ian said this a few weeks ago when DeBrusque had uh, been reported to have asked for a trade. It is mm-hmm. disappointing to hear that somebody doesn't want to play for our organization. And that goes on both ends of the organization, sure. developmental and the, and the big club. You know what I mean? So it is disappointing to see that. At the same time, it's disappointing to see a, ta- a player like Seneshin who just never put it together. You want to go back further? Alexander Koklachev. Yeah. I mean, he had a bit of an attitude issue, if reports are to be believed, but <sighs> solid, solid AHL playmaker. Could never quite put it together in the NHL. When a lot, and could never quite put it together in the NHL. Is this something that this some this is Peter Solarik was drafted in 2013. Yeah. Like this goes back years. Mm-hmm. You know what really worries me is that the Boston Bruins are trying to do what the New England Patriots have done, where their culture is strict and intense and it's winning above all else. And it's it's all of this stuff. And it doesn't seem like that from the players, right? It doesn't, you don't think Bergeron's enforcing that kind of lifestyle. But there's more and more reports about Cassidy being just intense and, and sandpapery at times. He's always been that way, even in Washington. And that, that rubbed a lot of players the wrong way when he was a young coach. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's more and more talk about the success piling up on top of, well, you got to get that cup. And what if this team, and this is total speculation, this is me just shooting off the hip. What if this team is trying to do that strict culture thing that works well in football because coaching has such an intense effect on the team. And you have one of the greatest coaches, if not the greatest coach of all time (laughs) versus hockey in which this is a 20, like this, there's 18 players that are flying around the ice, the structure, everything, but 
you need more freedom to make decisions and to use your creativity. And that's what makes a great team. And coaching has, I think, a smaller effect than you would say in, in the NFL where coaching mm-hmm. is, I mean, you would call it 50-50 almost with yeah. uh, when you're talking about them. Football yeah, is I mean, a you, lot more chess than hockey is. Yeah. You, yeah. Could, you can make that argument that uh, coaching a football team is, is the hardest coaching job. Uh, you are dependent on skill and talent and health when you are coaching a hockey team. Uh, it is not as easy as I would probably say managing a baseball roster and <laughs> putting out a fucking team every day. Like I feel like managing a baseball team is probably the easiest, and that's why there are literal computers making decisions for organizations. And coaches at this point are almost just kind of a face. Right. Cassidy, Cassidy is a face, but he has a lot of influence on what happens. Just look at the line juggling and all that shit and the Definitely chemistry and all guy. that stuff. It's, but, the, but again, this is also developmental, so we can't blame it all on Cassidy at this moment. Sure, we can talk about how they perform once they get up there, mm-hmm. but uh, the AHL, the, the Bruins have a totally different coaching lineup right now. Mm-hmm. So this, this season is kind of like the start of the next generation of how these players are going to be brought up. Systematically, they're probably doing what the organization wants in, in terms of theory and structure or whatever. But I, the, I, I think we're probably not too far off by saying maybe we don't develop correctly. Mm. That said, we, we don't have any like top picks or anything like that because this team's always competitive. So we're dealing with bottom first round pool. But I mean, Seneshin was part of the, the big controversial 2015 draft. Mm-hmm. So that's what people are going to kind of fucking lean into here. And it's unfortunate. And I definitely think it has some sort of effect on, on his, just his career, his mentality going into his career and where he stands now. Do I love I, that you ahead. brought up the line juggling. Yeah. Because when is the last time we had a coach that didn't skew lines around mid game, every fucking game, Robbie Fatorik. <laughs> <laughs> You want to talk about development. I mean, one of the biggest things with DeBrus that we thought was the issue and might still have been the issue was, could you just put him on the left side and give him 15 games? Yeah. Just let him fucking settle and have similar line mates outside of injuries. Like let him work with and build chemistry. I think we all agree. The biggest issue with this Bruins team right now has been no one knows where anyone else is going to be on the fucking ice outside of the, the production line. Right. There's no chemistry being built anywhere. And what it's is weird that? that Hall and Coyle haven't been able to develop any because they're the one constant outside of the top line. But what is that? Is that is that professional development, which more which Cassidy is more in tune with on an everyday basis? So it's it's a this is a very loaded question because we as Bruins fans like to hype up our own prospects of course you know like with every team every team will hype up their own prospects but when we're having when we're having eric halla have five points in 20 some odd games nick feligno has zero goals like nobody knows where anybody is at any given time Mm -hmm. Trent frederick got called out today by cam neely yep um where like where does the buck stop here like uh, so but but let me let me clarify this by saying let me qualify this by saying i'm not a fire cassidy guy but that sentiment seems to be just like the development issues it's too big to ignore at this point mm-hmm. so you guys actually this is kind of fun you guys know who the top three point getters on the team are right of course you, you assume it's our our top line it's Marshan Bergeron, Pasternak, that order. Mm-hmm. Do you know who's number four in points? Charlie McAvoy. It is McAvoy. Mm-hmm. That's not great. great. And I know no. he's <laughs> like, Hall is actually right behind him, which would surprise people with 14. Uh, he's had a lot of secondary assists, but he yeah. scored one five on five goal since the second game of the season. Here's the crazy thing. So the top four plus minus, they're all on the, the positive. Mm-hmm. the next six players are all in the negative in plus minus. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about this team has issues throughout. And I don't like plus minus as a real stat. I really yeah. don't. Mike Riley is a positive is on the positive side of the ledger of that. That stat is dog food to me, but. which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. The guy who's been healthy scratched what four times now four this times, season. Yes. Insane. Mm-hmm. 
this team fundamentally has issues and it's time to either look at Cassidy or Sweeney or both. I think Cassidy goes first if the ax swings at all. Oh, no, it definitely. Yes, it definitely. But who do you look at? Mm-hmm. It's it, it, Sweeney still has the ability to fire another coach before he gets in trouble. I also think Sweeney has clout still. I mean, if not amongst the fan base, but sure. Not amongst. Well, not amongst <laughs> the fan base, obviously. <laughs> I mean, if I have to see fire Sweeney one more time, I'm going to lose my shit I'm, I, at least I'm not, they have more at least they have more ground to stand on than they have in the past sure at least now they, they have they something I, I, that's about. that's fair that's absolutely fair but i think he still has he still has cachet to make it work you know the the executive of the year award it was just two years ago he, he still at he would if he got fired if cam neely woke up one day and just said i'm firing don sweeney right now he'd be snapped up Yes. Oh, but honestly, this team could be 10 games under 500 and Sweeney would still be snapped up. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We've, we've seen a lot worse GMs get second and third chances. So that, <laughs> that's not really going out too much. Really? What, what's interesting is before the season when we were talking about, I, I know me and Andrew at least had multiple conversations of, of this leading into this past offseason with how important this offseason was to Sweeney's tenure. I don't think if we had a conversation at some point in like say June and said Cassidy's probably more on the hot seat than Sweeney, I w- we would have both been like, yeah, what the fuck are you talking about? Like mm-hmm. there was no argument to be made. There's, I, I, I'm still not thinking that either one of them is gone this year unless things go extremely south in the second half of the season. But I'm at least willing now to listen to real arguments not just blowhard twitter bullshit you know what i mean like i think it's also fair to say that and i and i think i said this over the summer there's a clock don sweeney is and to a lesser extent bruce cassidy but cassidy may fall first who knows but this leadership core in the front office is on a two-year clock we saw it with the free agent signings that clock is at about 18 months right now no one, I don't think anybody should get fired this year unless, unless something goes seriously sideways. And I can't imagine, and I can't imagine this going sideways that bad for somebody to be fired. Mm-hmm. I also think, I also think that if you start firing the front office, that signals to the core, to the Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak core, that you're waving the white flag. And this is exact, is exactly what the anti-Sweeney people accuse this team of doing. How is that going to look when you start tearing the front office down by the studs before before the window is closed? Okay, I got I, I got to push back on this big time. I th- I think first of all, if you fire Cassidy, now if you fire Sweeney, it's different. I'm talking about Sweeney, not Cassidy. Okay, if you mm-hmm. fire Sweeney, there's definitely a he built a bad team like feeling to that. And yes, the locker room goes. All right. Well, that's not a lot of faith in us. Totally get that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I'm getting at. I agree with Andrew that Cassidy would be the first guy to get fired if someone was going to get fired. Mm -hmm. We are 26 games into the season. We're 14. Seems like much longer, doesn't it? Seems like much farther into the year. We're 14, 10, and 2. I think you guys are ignoring one very clear possibility that we've seen play out over the past couple years. This team doesn't have to be bottoming out for someone to go, okay, there's an issue that needs to be resolved. The last card to play in the deck right now for this season, if this team continues to barely hover over 500, the last card to play is fire the coach, Mm -hmm. give a jolt of energy to the team. Cassidy's seat is warm if not hot for exactly that reason, it's not about whether or not Cassidy is a good coach. And I know this sounds ridiculous, but it is about what the team is doing. Can Sweeney save his job and give the team a jolt and firing coaches is often used as those fucking battery juiced connections. Just won seven straight. After hiring Boos Boudreau. Yeah, I, I would not I expect 100%, that. <laughs> I 100%, but here, that's that's to your point, though. Like, yeah. I 100% agree that, that that's the one card to play. But what I'm saying is not firing Cassidy is going to signal to everybody that 
that were waving the white flag. I'm talking about firing Sweeney. Firing no, I get that. I'm referring okay. to you guys being like, no one's going no one should get fired this year. As of right now, I should say that as of right now, as we stand on whatever the fuck date this is, if we go six and four over the next 10 games, we're uh, 36 games in, we're almost halfway through the season mm-hmm. and we're still just hovering over 500. We're probably barely in the second wild card at that point. I'm still not firing anybody at that point. But do you think he gets fired? No, I don't. I think something has to go. I really honestly believe that something has to go cataclysmically wrong. I don't think so. I do not think this team has to bottom out for Cassidy to get fired. I really don't. I just don't see that being a thing. Okay. There are trickling reports that the prank about the fight in the locker room was, there was a fight in the locker room. And it got blown up by W-E-E-I, is that right? That's correct, yes. It appears to be people close to the team saying that, yeah, there was a fight. Fights happen. That's normal for teams to go through. But let's not act like Cassidy doesn't have a little heat, a candle under his chair, because it's there. I think that's fair, but I'm still not in the camp of... I'm still not, I'm still in the camp of, this is like, this is, we, I think we fundamentally disagree on what it's going to take to shit can him. Yes, I think that's correct. I think we just disagree on how bad the team needs to be for it to, <laughs> for it to, to be a decision made. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that's fair. I think it's, I think it's fair to say if, if Sweeney has a clock, by definition, his seat is warm too. So transitive property, of course. The Cass- hotter Sweeney's seat gets, double it for Cassidy. Yeah. Because it's always the card to play. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. In any sport. Yeah. Not just NHL. Yeah. Thomas, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I, I kind of am shaded more towards Ian's thoughts. Uh, if this is a 500 team, which right now it kind of feels like a 500 team, mm-hmm. do I think he gets fired? I don't think he does, but I also don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility, especially if there's one it. more instance of oh there was this big fight or this player's pushing back and wants a trade or something like that like all of that speaks to their inability to exist in that locker room and it mostly centered around the coaching staff or the way that they're used and not not that the leadership on the team no but not a single fucking player is going to get traded this at the deadline and say you know what bergeron just wasn't a good leader or mm-hmm. uh Pasternak was just not a good fucking person. Like nobody's going to do that. You know what I mean? Like nobody's going to shit on the other players. That's, that's a brotherhood. You have certain coaches in this league that are kind of part of that brotherhood in a way. I don't necessarily think Cassidy's that guy. I think he's more of the tactician, more Mm -hmm. of the the, kind of like Ian was saying, kind of the, the shrewd coach, the, the Belichick breed, I guess, but Mm -hmm without the success and without that success, your job is not secure. And to Ian's point, again, uh, if, if Sweeney is on the hot seat, then Cassidy is even more so likely to get the ax because Sweeney can save his job for at least one more year by getting another coach in. Or, you know, a big trade deadline splash. Yeah. No, I mean, he's, I mean, he did it last year. Yeah. And I do like, I love Cassidy as a coach. I, I thought we were in the cup last year off that trade deadline. I really yeah. did. I, yeah. I was, I was so in love with those deadline acquisitions mm-hmm. and both the players playing worse or uh, sorry, three players, right? Yeah. Uh, Lazar as well. Lazar has been consistent. I Lazar has been okay. He hasn't really said, but he's a fourth line guy making 800 K. He was a throw in in that trade and he's right. been every, every bit of value of what we're actually paying. Yes. I'm completely 100. fine with that. But. Riley has just been, I can't believe what we've gotten from him this Incredible year, but we're going fun. backwards. Yeah. This is actually a pretty good segue. If we're going to start criticizing Riley, because there was a guy who I thought was basically, you know, better taking Riley. his job. Yeah. Taking his yeah. job. Out for the season, guys. Zaboral sucks. Sucks. Oh. Now, did we see anything about him potentially being available for the playoffs, or is he? He's out for the year. Out, out for the year. year. Brutal ACL. He's not coming back in five he's months. Not you know back, no. I mean? it's just, the it's moment I saw that, I was like, "That he's done. He's done." The moment I saw the way that his knee buckled, <sighs> cerebral palsy makes it so you know leg injuries very well. <laughs> hey, look at you. There's a silver lining. Advantages. <laughs> I saw. I, I I watched the replay, and I'm like, before anybody said anything, I'm like, "Oh, that's a ligament. He's done." Oh. Yeah, you did tell you texted us that too, and I was like, "Well, maybe." And you're like, "No, dumbass." It's, <laughs> yeah, you were right, man. You were right. I it's hate, un- I hate that you were right. 
Yeah, know, me too. I hate, hate I hate being right. Being, well, being I, right on this podcast is 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 just the natural enemy of things here. Yeah. But- that's true. That's true. Is that's yeah. kind of weird. I know, isn't it? But yeah, Zaboral, he had finally put together the tools that we, uh, Thomas, you and I, we did our fair share of criticism of Zaboral, but we also said he's, he's, he's got the tools. Yeah. He's got the tools to be a legitimate guy with top four upside. He was starting to show that. And then this happens fucking mm-hmm. sucks. And he's arbitration eligible too. So he was probably going to be in line for a pretty hefty raise. Yeah. Well, he'll be re-signed for sure. Oh, absolutely. 100%. But it's not going to be the bump that it was going to be if he had stayed the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder That's, if he bets on himself with like a two year deal. Oh, I would love that. I would love to see that. Well, honestly, a two year deal may not be a bad thing for the Bruins at that aspect too, because everybody's different coming back. Yeah. But yeah. that's what I mean. Like, I think a two year deal is actually a good start, a starting point for both sides because he has the ability to prove himself coming back from injury and prove that the first couple months of this season wasn't a fluke and he can do that at the NHL level with more consistency and health. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because of uh, we've seen a number of guys come up from Providence or prospects like kind of appear this year. And none of them have I don't I don't want to say none of them have disappointed because there have obviously been disappointing games or whatever. But well, Steen's been really exciting and bleed's been really exciting. But Zaboro has stood out above all else mm-hmm. for just being a stable guy that we can actually give consistent minutes to. Those were the two best stories of the year. You just mentioned him, Anton Bleed and Jacob Zaboro. Yep. Just- Anton Bleed, the AHL lifer, carving out a fourth line role with an NHL team. Yep. You love to see it. I thought Zaboral filled a need badly. When Riley was subpar and you were already looking at the third pairing going, whoever is on the right side might not belong in the NHL. And then Zaboral comes in. I thought he had top four talent. I was skeptical at first. You guys remember. And I started to damn with Carlos so bad. He, he could have been our top four guy. And you get you put Forbort down at the bottom. If Riley's a healthy scratch, he's a healthy scratch, and you mix in Clifton. I, I just thought all of a sudden we have a real top four, and the third pairing can get sheltered. Mm. This is such a huge need filled for us. Let's go get a top six winger or center, and it just now it just feels like we still probably kind of need to fill a need on the back end. Mm-hmm. And that defensive stability also kind of attributed to an increase in production from our goaltending as well. It did. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden we were, we were just better on that end of the ice. We just couldn't fucking put it in on the other side. And that's why we're losing a number of games. Fantastic. And Zaboro, I think had something to do with that because he was just lending some level of fucking cement to an otherwise very liquid position. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's 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 disappointing on a number of levels. I feel bad for the kid because I felt like this was his chance to really break out and just prove his fucking worth. <sighs> right now, I, I kind of want to get more into the uh, the states of the union that we got basically this week. I honestly you- believe that everything that we had talked we had, we talked about previously was the reason that we got Neely, Sweeney, and Cassidy in front of a camera in front of a yeah. mic. I, I completely agree with that. And it's, honestly, it's some kind of da- it may be some kind of damage control. I mm. think I think there's a level of let's get out ahead of something. Um, I, I don't know. I mm-hmm. we briefly talked a little bit about it in our uh, text message threads, but Sweeney, his press conference was kind of nothing to me. Uh, I don't think he really said anything of value. Was, I think you had a little. Kinda, he did say one thing that kind of pissed me off. Um, where he was talking about how he had no problem playing that Islanders game. If you're talking about a competitive advantage, yeah, then fine, great. But it's more than that. It's more than just getting being at a competitive disadvantage. It's you know the guy popped positive 20 minutes before warmups. Yeah. Ian said it best in last week's pod. If someone pops positive during warmups, no game. Like what are? <laughs> I I didn't like that he said that. What do you think? Uh, you, well, other than but other than that, it was pretty much it was pretty much pretty. Um, you know, the Jacob DeBrus stuff is ongoing as yeah. it will be until the heat death of the universe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as that one comment, I just didn't really understand it with the context. I don't even know mm-hmm. why you even make that comment to begin with. But 
Yeah. I don't know. Sweeney's press conference. Yeah, other than that, other than that, I had nothing. Yeah, like Sweeney's press conference was just kind of, hey, I'm talking and I'm not right. going to say shit. And we're kind of used to yeah. that in New England, they, like <laughs> just with kind of nothing <laughs> press conferences. But Neely's today where he called out. Belichick getting soft in his own age and apologizing. Yeah, yeah no, man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Neely, Neely's comments today about just the call out of Frederick was definitely the, uh, the sound bite of that press conference. But even his, he kind of just, they're kind of just dancing around something right now. And I'm not really sure what it is quite yet. Um, just, just the fact that all three of them were available to the media this week, uh, was interesting to me because, because of the shutdown, but, right. um, I, d- I don't think any of them really actually gave us any sort of insight on what's actually happening in that locker room. And that unfortunately is the story right now, um, whether things are actually right. going yeah, south in that locker questions. room. And if the, if the leadership is in question or, or whatever the case is, we didn't get any clarity on those situations. So mm-hmm. they're almost they're, they're useless one- to talk about. Everybody said one interesting thing in their press conferences. Sweeney said his thing. Neely called out Frederick. And Cassidy um, just said, uh, well, and maybe it's not interesting. Maybe it's like, yeah, no shit. We're a good team. We're just not on Tampa's level. Yeah. Uh, anything else? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I found nothing from those that I, that I really wanted to hear. It was all stuff that I probably could have seen tweeted from any fan mm-hmm. ever. I, I don't understand the purpose. Why do they do that? Why do they set up these conferences? And you're like, oh, shit. You find 24 hours out in advance. You're like, oh, they're doing a conference. Is something happening? Yeah. Hey, guys, I just wanted to let you all know that we are a hockey organization. We're going to plan on playing hockey in the future. And hopefully we win this. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we're switching to Powerade in the locker room as opposed to Gatorade. Uh, yeah. We're going to go with. Uh, as opposed to Gary Aid. Gary Aid. <laughs> Everyone's changing their uh, their, deg- their their angles on the sticks by one degree. Yeah, uh, we really think that's going to help us finish more because we fucking suck at putting the puck in the net. Yeah, uh, pasta keeps hitting the post. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Don. Yeah, I, mean, it, I, I mean, you kind of brought up a a point in jest there, but the idea of announcing that you're going to do this press conference kind of builds it up that we're going to get some more information, and then we got nothing burgers, as I call it, like just three. Three yeah. press conferences. And I, I just told Thomas, you know, you think they're trying to, you, you, this was a direct result of everything we just talked about, about like 10, 15 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So of them, I thought they were trolling. Them. I thought they were literally trolling because you know what people wanted to hear. They wanted to hear DeBrusque got traded. They wanted to hear we fired Cassidy. They wanted to hear we fired Sweeney. Like fucking people, people wanted to hear something massive. I actually thought there was potential for some Cassidy news there. Mm-hmm. I really did because of all the discourse. And then I calmed down. I'm like, like you guys said, 26 games of the season. <laughs> Let's back up a little bit. Right. Um, is there anything you guys wanted to hear specifically out of those? Is there something specific that you're like, fuck, I hope they say this. I wouldn't say specifically. It would have been nice to have walked away from any of those press conference feeling that they had kind of a game plan in mind mm-hmm. uh, going forward. And I, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like they really have a plan. I, I get that we're in a, a very weird period with some uh, postponements, potential cancellations of uh, certain games or whatever, but I thought we were going to get a little bit more specific, and it just seemed like a very vague, fucking, just nothing press conference, and I was disappointed that I even took the time to to listen to them because, I mean, at the beginning of every podcast, I try to take some level of soundbite from a press conference or uh, play-by-play in games and stuff like that. And I was like, oh man, I'm going to get some fucking gold before this. And other than fucking Neely <laughs> calling out Frederick, there really wasn't by much name. that I could, that yeah, by name. Yeah. Um, light, a, light a fire under the kid's ass, fine. But like that wasn't even really worth me putting in the intro. So we just we just jumped right into this episode because they, they were just fucking pointless press conferences. I do hope, and I think it was Neely that said this, that they said, he basically said, look, we have that time off for the Olympic break. I really hope they prioritize Bruins games because we're so far behind the league already. And I think some of you have seen this tweet at this point. I can't remember who put it out. There are at least eight dates that they can use. That's not what I'm referring to. 56 games in 103 days. That That's what's left. 1.8 days. Yep. 
That is fuck math, especially that math. Fuck that math. Fifty six games in a hundred and three days. You know they who did have, that last they, year? You can't do that. Us probably. Oh, Dallas. <laughs> Dallas. I was gonna say, yep, Dallas was my second guess. Yep. They didn't do well with that. By the way, Dallas, I thought was going to come back with a vengeance this year. I haven't really watched a lot of them. I'm wearing the Mooderus right now for for Christmas. Oh my god, that is such an atrocious jersey. <laughs> Fuck! It's such a good jersey. You're so full of shit. I am. It's such a good jersey. I am. It's terrible. 15, 12, and two. All right, Dallas mm-hmm. isn't looking that great, but I thought they were going to be. Bishop just retired, which was a huge a huge hit to them. So, what a bummer! You want to talk about injuries that really sideline a career? Like that's. Yeah, that's a bummer. What a giant man. <laughs> like every time I think of Bishop, I think of how fucking big that dude is. Uh, Thomas, why don't you why don't you sprinkle in some of that uh, Studnika music for that one? <laughs> <laughs> really? That's that's how easy it what is to set off the horn dogs. <laughs> oh, come on. I uh, so I asked people what videos they wanted to see this week and our friend Hellhammer. I think she changed her handle on, on Oscar Twitter. Steen Hammer. There you go. Um, <laughs> I think she was the one who went uh, thirst trap video rank rank the Bruins hottest to notest. And I don't know if I want to do that. I, I think I'll do like top 10 hotties, uh, but I don't want to insult Coolman at the bottom there. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> that seems like an off season type filler episode. It is the off season. Yeah, I'm fucking two weeks. Oh, oh, you're so good at that, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know how to wrap this episode. We have nothing to predict in terms of games and all that stuff. So it's like, well, predict right now- the Olympics without NHL players. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's uh, I probably that's won't watch much of it at this point. Mm-hmm. Isn't it even going to still happen? Like, Jesus. I hope the World Juniors happens because that's, I want some Lee Sell action. 10 time. times more excited about the World Juniors, period. No. 50% capacity right now for the yeah. Alberta games. Yep. So, wait, has it, has it already started? I thought, no, not yet. We're, we're like a week away, though. We're not far. Yeah, no, no. So, it's going to be interesting, definitely. But, yeah, I can't wait for the World Juniors. It's going to be fun. Um, we have no predictions. Um, no, did anybody win last week? Like, is that? Are we even keeping track of last week? Oh shoot! I, we got. We should yeah, take no, a yeah. Nobody. A look at that. Nobody won anything. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. No, nobody. Well, are we, we got, sure? Hold on. Both of you are quick to say that. Let me go well, take a all, look. All three of us predicted a win, and we lost. And then oh, was that the only again. game we played? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's garbage. Yeah. So we got postponed as well, but. So why don't we wrap it up with this since it's the Christmas holiday or, or whatever you guys celebrate. Give me one wish for this Bruins team. A top six forward hmm. specifically, specifically on the right side. That's my wish. Oh man, this is so difficult. Cause I don't, I don't want to just say, Hey, more scoring, but how about we just go with a heavy dosage of pasta hall out of this break i need to see it for three games in a row full game don't fucking change it i need to see it and thomas you were begging for this all season kevin o'keefe was begging for it you guys are right we need to see that i don't give a shit who's in the middle we need to see it for a, a few games in a row so that's my that's our wish is that cassidy just drops um drops pasta for a couple of games i think that's also very Logical and uh, realistic. So uh, I'm going to go a little bit deeper. I wish on a Uh, star, Thomas. Let's go. I'm going to fucking throw it out there. I'm going to write this letter to Santa tonight. I want a top 4D, a right shot (laughs) forward, and I want Rask Rask to come back. Everybody's job is safe. This team starts fucking winning. Fuck. You better be the nicest fucking person on the planet. That is a list. I'm a horrible person, and none of that is probably going to happen. I like how you start with, like, I want a top 4D. All right, but, like, don't we all? Yeah, yeah, right? Are we we adding to it? Are we, you know, is it too big? Like, that's... (laughs) Hey, that's a problem for some people, I think, maybe. Not me, but... (laughs) 
one episode without talking about your dick. <laughs> what? Oh my God. When's the last time I talked about my dick? It's got to be months. Oh my God. <laughs> oh man. Uh, <laughs> I'm having a good time. This is great. We're having fun. But hey, you know what? It was actually kind of awesome to be able to pack an episode like this with no games. With no fucking games. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say selfishly, I just miss talking to you guys. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> I just missed you guys. So that's, yeah, missed you too, bud. That's sad and pathetic, but that's where I'm coming from. I think we'll have uh, we'll have the opportunity for one more before the, uh, the New Year's. So uh, start thinking ahead of time for your New Year's resolutions. Uh, Bruins related. And uh, anybody listening to this, feel free to uh, tweet at us your Bruins New Year's resolution. I hope I hope we're all looking to just be better fans, be more patient with some of these players, and uh, let's uh, let's just let's calm down a little bit and let's just actually see how this season, whatever we get left of this season, of course, let's see how it plays out. Can't wait, boys! I miss Bruins hockey, and if it's fifty six games in one hundred and three days, so be it. I mean, I know. Uh, I am going like to be so busy. Yeah, I'm going to be so fucking busy. There's, there's no way I'm not going to miss some of those games. <laughs> there's just right. no way. I, I tell, I've been really good through the first 26 games about my girlfriend wants me to go do stuff and and see her work friends and things and and scheduling. Okay, it's at the same time this game. I'll go home and and record the game and watch it after and then i'll make the the review i've been really good about making sure that she doesn't feel like i'm being a dick you know mm-hmm. I, I had this talk with her yesterday literally yesterday hey you know that's going to kind of change a little bit we have 56 games in a basically 100 days like i am gonna have to say no to probably a lot of shit over the next three months mm-hmm. because i gotta get this stuff done and i'm working 50 hours a week like i don't have a bunch of free time like i gotta do it watch the game and make the video mm-hmm. i had to make after the 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 western canada swing i mean i had to make a video at like one in the morning i started at like one in the morning that was not pleasant no <laughs> it, no, it happens fun. sometimes i did like the morning record you did after the calgary game that was fun yeah, that was um, sleepy, but fun. <laughs> also, boys, I am off all of next week and getting paid for it. Let's go, buddy. Let's yeah. fucking go. I I am not, <laughs> unfortunately, but I, no. I am not either. <laughs> I just oh, want to um, ask you guys one more question. So I up? saw this pop up on Twitter and I don't have enough questions to actually do a short six, short 60 or anything here. But if we're making up games in the uh, TD Gardens not available to us, where would you like to see the Bruins play some makeup games? Oh, Hockey boy. USA, baby. <laughs> I'm going to go completely off the rails here. I know there are a few people that um, listen to this that live on Cape Cod, my former home. Tony Cantarina and Brewster, the shittiest ice rink you will ever see. Capacity, 200 people. Yeah. Let's go. Let's Here's some- my thing. No, nope, I got a great idea. I got a great idea. This is, oh my God, this is so, this is galaxy brain. You take that first week that the Olympic break has, and you're like, all right, let's figure this out. We have a week to plan this. You, there are some rich fucking assholes in New England. They have full-sized backyard rinks. (laughs) And you turn this shit into a lottery. And you go fucking play in people's backyards you oh my god it would be the most amazing series like four games in a row people's backyards to have them pay for it there's rich assholes everywhere in new england have them pay for it i love that you guys shit on my uh my christmas wish but you're over here saying that that's a possibility that's a good point that's there's a really just good point. no there's no way no <laughs> but how cool would that be it would be like pimp my crib right beforehand where they go through and they like check out the house and everything and- dude i i love backyard rinks i'm all about pond hockey and stuff like that i can't wait till late january early february when that's hopefully a possibility but there ain't a single person in fucking new england who has a rink that would have nhl quality ice so it would just never fucking work oh no i never said nhl quality ice i just said nhl size yeah right (laughs) (laughs) i think a realistic thing and something that could be really cool for just the hockey fans in new england is to kind of spread the wealth a little bit let's get a game in manchester at the rink uh where the monarchs used to play let's let's play a home game up in up in portland where the Mariners are playing, uh, Springfield. Oh, in Worcester. Yeah, Springfield, Worcester. Like, let's let's get games a little bit spread out. If we need to kind of pick and choose where we're going to go, see where there's an open night. 
you got limited capacity because just smaller arenas or whatever, but that could be a, a really cool way to kind of give back to New England in general. And I, I know that there's probably a good amount of people listening to this who live kind of outside the Boston area who would love to be like, you know what, it's only 25 minutes for me to get to Manchester. Can you imagine seeing a Bruins game there? Like, wow, that'd be great. But And somewhere when you mentioned Springfield, Steve Forney is going, please. Yeah, easier <laughs> commute for that dude. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to uh, all those people who had Bruins tickets, by the way, that are getting fucked around for this. Yep. And there are, I'm sure, more than a few who this was a, kind of once in a lifetime opportunity for them don't always get to go. So mm-hmm. big shout out to those guys who are having to tough this out. That's I have been seeing a lot of that and I feel yeah. for you. I yeah, really it's do. A bummer. Definitely a bummer. The uh, silver lining for me is uh, Carolina did not beat us this week. They sure didn't, <laughs> but didn't even score a goal against yeah, us. Yeah, dude, we fucking, fucking shut them down. <laughs> I don't know. All right, boys, I got nothing else. So uh, I just want to wish both of you guys happy holidays. Uh, be safe, be smart, uh, and I hope your girls are, are good to you. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, too. Yeah. Uh, I will send you boys some inebriated text Christmas Day. Yeah. Love you guys. And, uh, Merry Christmas. You're not the only one that's doing that. <laughs> I'm going to be up in the mountains, so whatever the reception, whatever the reception will allow me. We're going to get 80 fucking texts in a row from him because he's going to be out of service and then he's going to come in. And, it's going to yep. and then and what was my reaction the other day when I like took a break from work and I saw that I had like 35 text messages from you assholes. I was like, oh, thanks for the reading assignment. Yeah, you literally... And then you didn't even say anything after. Because I had to go right back to work. Look, I had three minutes to take a piss and then go right back to my projects. (laughs) For for once, you actually missed a good conversation. I think it's the first time you came back to something like that and it was actually a decent conversation. Yeah, I know. I actually had to scroll up and be like, okay, this is... (laughs) Usually we're idiots. Yep. I mean, we still were. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Merry Christmas. We'll catch you guys next week. Go be! Eventually. Just be better.